to Cup of Cubby Blue, your the Cubs were swept in four games back east to make it six losses in a row home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating so other people can find it. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs and this disastrous StubHub update that nobody else seems to be covering, which is super weird to me. We'll get into that too uh, over at Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Oh, it's just a magical time to be a Cubs fan. Let me tell you, <laughs> hey, what a what a rough weekend. Um, I'm feeling a little, little disheartened. They are who we thought they were. And, uh, and it's, Hey, we got three, three plus months to go. Let's, let's do this thing. Let's, let's podcast about it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> let's do this bad baseball. You know, last night at some point, somebody made a joke about the Cubs maybe getting to 69 wins. And like, frankly, nice. that, that should honestly be the goal at this point in time. They would have to play better than they are currently playing to get to 69 wins. They need 46, I think, to get there. And I don't know, man. I'm not entirely sure they can get 46 wins out of two thirds of the season, particularly after whatever they do at the trade deadline. So I, I think that's our goal to have a nice 69 win season right now. Yeah. Well, after a disappointing 2021, when they won a whopping 71 games and deprived us of that joke, I think it's the least that they owe us at this point is to play above their station and get us to 69 wins, which would be nice. It, it would be. It's it's the nicest thing we can hope for with this team. Before we get into Cub stuff, I want to talk a little bit more about this StubHub disaster, mainly because I was shocked to see that my article that went up on Friday uh, is still up on Bleed Cubby Blue. We'll retweet it from the Twitter account in case you missed it. It's the only thing that has been written about this. My, my DMs on Twitter are like filled with stories of people telling me that they are season ticket holders who uploaded their tickets and their tickets are just lost in the upgrade. So wow. any, anyway, I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit about this because I want people to understand number one, if you are planning on going to games this week, you want to take dad to a game for father's day on Sunday, you've got short-term plans to go to a baseball game. I would not use StubHub. I am going to the Cubs game tonight. Uh, my friend, friend of the show, Ken Schultz, uh, a writer over at Outsports and has done some work for baseball prospectus as well. Uh, and I wanted to welcome back you, Darvish. You, Darvish, the guy whose trade signaled the start of this fire sale era for the Cubs. Uh, we wanted to go welcome back you, Darvish, when he came back to Wrigley. And we did not use StubHub. We always use StubHub. Uh, we compared Vivid Seats and SeatGeek, I think. SeatGeek won by a couple of dollars. And we had to pay a lot more than we usually do for those resale tickets because the inventory is less and a whole bunch of other things. But um, I would not use StubHub right now based on everything I know. I'll do a quick rundown here with Danny. And then Danny, I want to hear what you're hearing from people as well, because I know you have been on top of this, but it is bananas to me that nobody is covering this because as far as I can tell, MLB has an official partnership with StubHub. And what that means is if you're a season ticket holder, they made it super easy for you to list any of your inventory that you wanted resold over the course of a season. But when they did the upgrade, that their upgrade, upgrade is an air quote, people. I know this <laughs> is a podcast grade. and you cannot see my air quotes, but upgrade. When they did their upgrade, at least one of the things that went wrong is that the barcodes that were uploaded into the system did not get transferred. And they also did not get transferred back. And so the barcodes are like stuck in the upgrade. 
And so anybody who has bought tickets in the last week has been told that they've bought those tickets but has not had the barcode transferred. Multiple tickets have been sold. Like the same ticket has been sold multiple times to different people. So people are getting to the ticket office and saying, hey, I just never got my tickets from StubHub. They're like, oh, yeah, those tickets were sold 15 times or 10 times. I heard from a Cardinals fan this weekend who got there and the Cardinals upgraded her seat and just gave her empty seats that they knew were empty in the ballpark. But wait, like, wait, that, wait. Yeah. That can't be right. The Cardinals are always yeah. sold out. Did you not see their attendance figures? There's hey. not a seat in the house to be had. I know. Breaking news. Breaking news here, Danny. But like, <laughs> so that's the Cardinal solution. Some of the other teams are just like, oh, well, sorry, we can't help you with that. Some yeah. of the teams are like, yeah, yeah, that's that's a bummer. Like, we just don't have anything that we can possibly do. Uh, MLB has said nothing on literally any of this, which is frankly bananas to me. And then you've got StubHub out there after five days of people being unable to resell a single, a single, as far as I can tell, like nobody successfully bought and sold an MLB ticket since last Tuesday. They were like, yeah, we're having some site difficulties for, then we're experiencing some maintenance issues. And then they stopped comments, like disabled comments on their tweet because so many people were in those comments saying, you owe me money. I haven't gotten my payment from two weeks ago. Why can't I access my barcode? So like basically, if you're a season ticket holder who put your tickets up on StubHub before, your tickets are caught in the machine. You can't get them back to use them yourself. You can't get them back to like put them up on somewhere else and you can't sell them to anybody. You are just out of money for an indefinite period of time while StubHub figures this out. Wow. Well, I smell like class action lawsuit coming and people are going to get their money one way or the other. There's no way that this isn't catching the attention of lawyers at this point. Um, And, you know, if people lose that much money, which some people are losing thousands of dollars if you're a ticket broker, I can tell you this much. I bought tickets for Thursday's game through StubHub. They have not been delivered to me yet. So what you're telling me is these tickets may just not work. So I'll get back to you on what happens with that because they say they'll be delivered by Wednesday for the Thursday day game. So we'll see. I got two bleachers and um, we'll see what happens. And um, the other thing uh, that I I know that has happened uh, with StubHub is that there, the site is so broken right now because I, w- I was looking for tickets in the 10th row in the upper deck for my mother and I, where we like to sit. I see them available on StubHub, and then I click on the section to see if there are other seats available in that section where I can put my cousins and my sister when they come to town. So I see, so I click on the section. And the seats that I'm actually looking for at in the 10th row that are available otherwise disappear. They're completely gone. So I guess I could buy those, but who knows what's going to happen? Like, you're probably right. Just don't use it right now. I could buy those. Maybe they're being sold 10, 12 times in a row. And who knows, like, what's going to happen. But I, I do agree. I did a thing on the Sun Ranto show last night about the prices. They are higher on all the other sites, and it is because of inventory. It's like a supply and demand situation, and yeah, you just got to hunt. There were different games were different. I would check all all of them, you know, maybe, and and see what you can find, but it's... uh, 
uh, there's a bunch game time. People were recommending vivid seats was another one. Like you mentioned that had one of the lowest get in prices, but one of the higher bleacher prices. So you got to look around still to this day. The StubHub is cheaper. They get in for 12, 15 bucks to tonight's game. Yeah, but you are not going to get those tickets. Like, I I will not buy a seat on StubHub until I hear from somebody who has successfully purchased a ticket. And all I have heard since I published my article on Friday is from people who didn't have their tickets delivered, gave their tickets away to somebody because they couldn't access them otherwise, haven't gotten paid from the Cardinals series like the Cardinal series was before the upgrade. The money is sitting in StubHub's account, like, and they're not paying people for those tickets. I mean, I heard from a Giants fan this morning, and thank you for reaching out, who uh, I just retweeted a thread of his on my Twitter account, at BCB underscore Sarah. And he said that he t- he sold tickets for tonight's game. And then when StubHub couldn't transfer the barcode to the people who bought them, accidentally sent him the email that they meant to send to the people who bought the tickets, blaming him for failing to upload the barcode. And he's like, no, 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 no. My barcode is stuck in your upgrade. I mean, they are, this is dishonest. This is a disaster. And I don't know how long they'll let it go because right now it appears the teams aren't losing any money. The league isn't losing any money. StubHub isn't losing any money. It's all of us. They're losing customers, right? Like they're losing, but it's our money. It's fans' money. It's season ticket holders' money that they're happy to just hold an escrow and hold hostage while they figure this technical glitch out. And I agree with you. There's going to be a lawsuit. And it should be a big one. one. This is millions of dollars of ticket sales, people. Yeah, I did get paid from a ticket. I had two tickets for one game, and I used one and sold the other. And I got $25.24 on Friday, June 10th. And I don't – I think that was from the Cardinals series. Okay. I want to say – yeah, I I don't really remember – which game this was just because the the season has marched on. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't recall, but it's uh, actually, do you know what? I know exactly what it was. It was the Brewer series. So maybe it was before the upgrade. That's a Memorial day day game. I think whatever the makeup was, cause that's what I sold. Yeah. Okay. So that took from May 30th to June 10th. That's about two weeks. Not quite. Um, 12 days and, uh, yeah, it, it did come through, but it came from via Gogo, whatever that is. Cause that's new. I've I never know. seen that. I know what that is. So part of what happened here via Gogo and StubHub merged right before the pandemic. And what's happening here is StubHub is trying to migrate all of their information over to the via Gogo server. Uh, I saw that on a Twitter from, I want to say this dude's name is Scott Friedman or something. I don't know who he is, but I could be wrong about that too. It's just like a random tweet I saw as I was looking into all this StubHub stuff over the weekend. But it appears that is the source of all of this angst, right? Like that as they tried to migrate from one platform to the other, they lost data and included in the data they lost appear to be the MLB barcodes, which are how you identify a ticket and how you get into the park and TikTok, StubHub, like I, you're losing customers every second that you can't make this work. I'm I'm actually checking out via GoGo now. I'm like, well, maybe they have all the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, let I mean, I don't know how many tickets you want for this Cubs team anyway. Let's let's jump into the 
Yankees series. And this was exactly as bad as all of us thought it could possibly be. I mean, I want to just say one thing off the top, because I saw a lot of is David Ross going to have a job type of stuff on Twitter after Girardi got fired and Madden got fired and all this other type of stuff. Yes, David Ross has a job and he's not going anywhere. The Cubs don't expect him to win with this team, which is which we'll get into it. But like David Ross's job security is just fine. However, this is still a painful team to watch. As I was watching game one, which was by far the most hopeful game of this series, and they were marching into the 11th inning and the 12th inning, and the bullpen was somehow managing to keep the Yankees from scoring with a ghost runner gifted to them on second, while the Cubs could not score a run with runners in scoring position to save their lives. I was just thinking, oh my God, we're going to burn the whole bullpen again and lose and then just get demolished for the next two games. And that was correct. And you were, yeah. <laughs> I, I've had the same thought, Sarah, and I totally agree with you that that's what was going to happen on Friday night after that game because – and they did. What did they use? Like nine pitchers? All Ten? Of them. All, All of, them. of them. They used everybody, including people that probably shouldn't even have been used just to try to win that baseball game. And, wow, it's just like – yeah, one, Miley – well, Miley only went three, so there's your problem. And he went back to the IL, correct? Yep. He, uh, so, he felt something in his shoulder on a pitch to, I believe, our friend Anthony Rizzo. And hmm. so Miley is back on the IL. We are right back where we started from. So then you go Miley for three, and then so you're already screwed. And then you go 13 and screw yourself more. So, yeah, it was that was rough. And, uh, I mean, the bullpen, the starting staff is just in shambles right now. You got Kyle Hendricks skipping starts. You've got uh, all the young guys kind of blowing into up. into the IL. Yeah, Stroman to the IL, and then you know, I mean, Swarmer. It's like you know, I mean, I think for that to happen, the rotation right now is Doctor Hendo, Mister Kyle, Justin Steele, Matt Swarmer, Keegan Thompson. They have to call back Killian, right? Like, I I don't think there's anybody else who can start baseball games for this team. Anderson Espinoza. I mean, Mark Leiter, come on down. Mark Leiter Jr. Yeah. I mean, bring them all back. Jen Hotsang, get him back. You know, <laughs> call him up, see what he's doing. So, uh, yeah. So, this was, this game was kind of a disaster, but shout out to the bullpen for being nails. I mean, let's talk about the, the yep. elephant in the room that was all over the headlines at the end of last week. Clint Frazier was designated for assignment by the Cubs. I, what is this? I, I mean, I feel like I sort of called that this was going to happen the last time we were talking and it was like, they're not DFAing Jason Hayward. And I have said this to a few people now and people get all riled up at me on Twitter. They're just like, you know, oh, but Jay Hay, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, I I get it. I understand where you're coming from. He is on this team for the rest of this year. I I don't know why they would DFA him at any point this season based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were talking about it last night on Sunranto, and I think that the, all you can really chalk it up to is the fact that old man Ricketts is paying him. So he's like, I don't, you know, there's not that much of a roster crunch with the injuries that we're, they're facing right now. I mean, I guess maybe when Saya comes back, there'll be more of it. But if you're not trying to win, like maybe they just send Morrell down and make the Cub fans mad. They don't seem to care about making cup fans mad. So it's like, they'll just do whatever they want is going to be the cheapest for them. And it's cheaper just to play the guy who you're paying. So I, I can't, I can't figure it out. I mean, it's, it's what's so sad about the Frazier situation is that they didn't really give him a chance. Like that was the whole point. Let's see yeah. what this guy has, but I don't know if he makes it through waivers. I mean, he is kind of damaged goods. 
He's down in appendix now. I mean, I mean, wow. he, he might make it through waivers. They are paying him like $1.5 million. I think they'd like him to make it through waivers and see what he can do in AAA and then call him back up when somebody else gets hurt inevitably. Like this team is not a healthy baseball team by any stretch of the imagination. But it was disappointing. I think I read somewhere that he only got like 47 plate appearances over the yeah. course of like two weeks here, two weeks there, and then see ya. I just, I don't, I don't love that. I don't love that. As a strategy, I don't love that for where this team is at right now. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I did find it totally and utterly amusing that the only offense the Cubs got in this game came from Jason Hayward hitting his first home run of the year and that he honestly was getting hits most of the series. Like it wasn't like J- like Jason Hayward was kind of hitting the ball, like not hard or anything and not in a way that leads you to believe that there's a fundamental change in Jason Hayward's offensive ability but he was the Cubs offense for the early part of the Yankees series. Well, and then, so I guess technically you could blame him for burning the bullpen because if he wouldn't have had that one home run, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now you're I don't mean to at, ride Jay Hay, but <laughs> as long, as long as we're piling on, you know, might as well. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I kid Jay Hay, but no, it's, he had a double in that game too. I mean, he's, he, I think the thing is, it's just like he hasn't lived up to the contract. It's one of the worst contracts the Cubs have ever signed in the history of the the team. And now you, now everything that is can just fall on him. He could we could scapegoat him for, including the burning the bullpen. But like every time a guy gets sent to the the minors that you don't want sent to the minors, like oh they're going to keep Jay Hay over Morrell because now everybody's back and Bodie's coming back and you know like that kind of thing. You know, everybody's going to get mad at that. And it's just like, they're not trying people like they're just, they're not trying to win. So you're just stuck with whatever dumb decisions, even if they don't seem like they're going to improve, like our entertainment of the team, you know, that we just got to like live with these stupid decisions that we don't like. And it's all coming down from on high. They're transactional in, in um, nature. And it's, it's annoying because the last bunch of years we were trying to get to the playoffs, even last year at the beginning of last year, that was, that was the last year the core was going to go for it. And it just blew up in their face. And ever since then, we we're not used to this new way of doing things where we're just not trying. And so all decisions are not baseball decisions, decisions, not some will be, but these are money decisions. They, Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think, because nobody really has agreed with me on this yet, because you know how Clint Frazier came out and like bad mouth being a Yankee? Yeah. Do you think they're like, you know what? I mean, the owners are all in lockstep. You know, they're like, screw this, this little upstart. Let's teach him a lesson. He's not that good. You know, he's nothing but an IL bonus baby. And we're, we're done. Teach him a lesson. And and like I could just see them like doing that. Like the Yankees guy calling up Ricketts being like, get rid of him. I don't I... know. It's a little Dr. Gonzo, but. So it did occur to me. I don't think that did Frazier any favors. Um, it did occur to me that perhaps there was something else going on other than just, oh, it's a crowded outfield and we don't have room and we have to make room for Chris Mar- checks notes, Chris Martin, because our bullpen is in shambles. Um Forgot like, he was on the team. Yeah. I but so it, it did occur to me. I think that I saw Bleacher Nation tweet out and, and I agreed that like 
there has to be something else going on here. It just doesn't make sense that you would DFA Clint Frazier over just like space at this point, particularly given where the Cubs are at. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to get conspiratorial. So I don't think that the Yankees like told the Cubs to DFA Clint Frazier. I do think that it doesn't help his case uh, to be seen as a guy who's like not an org guy, if that makes sense. I yeah. also, th- but I do. I also think the Cubs have not pulled that banner down. They they claim they want to keep him in the system. They're probably hoping he clears waivers. They'll give him some run at AAA, and then maybe after they move some guys and figure out what what the team looks like after the trade deadline, they bring him back. Who knows? I, I'm 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 open to all possibilities. But I agree with you. It kind of sounded like that could be. That didn't help his cause in any way, shape, or form. Um, the last thing I want to talk about with this game before we move to the second game, so many two plans. Like I've never like I think there were three in this game, and Patrick Wisdom got thrown out by like three feet trying to quote unquote steal second. Like I don't even want to call that a, an attempted steal. I, I don't know what it was. He was just like running and just got tagged standing up three feet away from the bag. Lindsay Adler over at the Athletic at one point said, "Wow, the Cubs give so give so many outs away on the base pass that all I could think was it is not a fundamentally sound baseball team. They don't play good defense. Like we're going to talk about Keegan Thompson's bad start in Game Three, but let's remember that that inning just kept going and going and going because Patrick Wisdom dropped a pop up on the infield. Like there's just a bunch of things that keep happening with this team that I'm just like it is not a very fundamentally sound baseball team." Yeah, and how much of that do you put on them just not being that talented? And then how much do you put uh, that on like, okay, well, you signed David Ross for the next two years. Is that really the smartest move they could have done? Like, is I mean, this guy's an unproven manager. We all thought he would be a manager because he's, you know, field captain kind of catcher and put us through to the World Series championship. But, I mean, really, I mean, at what point do you, are they – I don't know. Are they, are they working on this stuff? Like is, do you start uh, blaming um, Willie Harris for sending guys when they shouldn't be sent? I think the team by default and maybe at at their fault is um, stupidly aggressive. um, And that's like kind of who they are. They've been told to just keep running and create chaos in the base paths because they're not good. Um, I mean, go, you know, go for two on a bunt single, you know, cause everybody's out of position. I don't know. Like it, it seems like they're just this way by culture at this point. It's gotta yeah. be right. Yeah. Cause they're just always running. <laughs> they're just always trying to steal second. They're always getting picked off. They're always, you know, it, it's just by design. I, I mean, and I don't know. It's definitely more interesting to see guys running the bases than it used to be the three true outcome Cubs, but maybe not if they're running into outs. They could have won that first game and they could have won it in regulation. Could have yep. won it a bunch of times. So, yeah, it's frustrating. And then just to go on and I mean, they just, and then after that, they just looked like, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, the Chicago dogs. <laughs> they, did, they didn't look like a, a major league team after that. They just got oh. totally overmatched by a really good team. It was embarrassing, Danny. Like, I'm embarrassed as a Cubs fan watching this. Like, my 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 dad and brother are Yankees fans. 
I'm a Cubs fan. My mom was a Cubs fan until they traded Rizzo and Javi and by and Bryant, and like all of her favorite players. And now she kind of watches more Yankees games because she's like, well, I'm watching Rizzo. And she's like, maybe I'll come back to the Cubs someday when they're good again. And it's like, I feel like my whole family has abandoned me. I did to their credit. They didn't talk baseball with me this weekend. It's like they knew how awful it would be to talk about this 8-0 drubbing or this 18-4 game. Like, it was just embarrassing. I am yeah. embarrassed that, like, this is the team the Cubs have put up on the field. I mean, let's just talk about that second game. And look, I want to say a thing here. Matt Swarmer is still a good pitcher. He is a good pitcher. I'm interested to see what he can do. I think there's some talent there. He's probably more of a bullpen guy because he's only got two pitches at the moment. If he can develop a third or fourth pitch, maybe we can see what can happen in the rotation. He is being asked to do a thing right now that he should not be asked to do. And he got exploited by a Yankees team that was able to sit fastball and play some batting practice with him because he only has two pitches. He gave up a lot of home runs in this game to a lot of good home run hitters. I still think Matt Swarmer is good. I just think he got overmatched. He had to go up against the best bats in baseball and he got, he got beat. Matt Swarmer does not really belong on a, on a, on the Chicago Cubs baseball team. You know what I mean? Like if this is the thing that I'm having trouble with right now, Matt Swarmer is like a guy that like breaks through on the Royals, you know what I mean? And is their fifth starter for him to be like, number two on the squad right now. I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, talk about embarrassing is the lineups embarrassing and nothing against Swarmer personally, but yeah, he's got two pitches and one of them stinks. <laughs> you know, he's got one good pitch and he got a bunch of guys out with it for two games. And then everybody watched the tape and it was over and it's going to be over. And the same thing could be true with Keegan Thompson. And like, that's just it. It's like these guys, we get excited about like, you know, the pitch lab and stuff, but it is a bill of sale until further notice people like yes. it just is because like it's not translating into wins. Even our offense, which it has a pretty decent batting average. If you look at the numbers hits, the, I mean, batting average, OBP, even OPS. They're to, they're towards the middle to top of the league. You know, they're beating some teams that are in first place, but runs scored, they can't score runs. They can't, you know, they 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 fundamentally aren't good enough to get the runs across the plate because they're running all around, getting thrown out all over the place, dropping baseballs, losing stupidly. Then I mean, they got double A pitchers. I mean, Tom Ricketts, I'm starting to think that when he told me we'll be good next year, when I yelled at him from the stands, that he was lying. <laughs> I'm starting to think that. <laughs> you know, I am. So Al just dropped an article that's kind of a bit of a barn burner, and I think people should check it out over at Bleed Cup. He's had Blue. a couple lately. Yeah, no, Al, Al's got one today that is quite good. But he, he says the following, and I think it is absolutely correct. He He is not a fan of the current direction that this team has taken and he says, um, you know, he talks about why they should sign Contreras unless they're planning on not competing until 2025 or 2026, which, by the way, if they trade Contreras in half, that is the next timeline. Like, you're not getting another core of good players until 2025, 2026. Like, if half and Contreras go, like, you're talking three years into the future before this team is good again. And Al says, which brings me to this point, it seems like the Cubs are being run as if they had been taken over by a private equity firm when it comes in 
lets people go, strips all the assets, and simply runs the company for however much profit they can make. Let me be clear. I do not begrudge the Cubs ownership for wanting to make a profit. They are running a business, and I get it. However, the idea of profit over winning when you are running a sports team whose purpose should be winning does not make any sense to me. Go, Al. I agree 100% ratified. That's what I saw this weekend in New York, too. Yeah. Yeah, and... uh... Cub fans will be a little bit late to, I think, realize it. I mean, I told everybody that would listen, you know, that got their number called up for season ticket hold season tickets last year. Like, don't do it. They're like, no, but we got, we got say and Stroman's coming. And I was like, no, don't buy them. It's it, I'm telling I didn't you. Buy them. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot, I mean, if you, buy tickets. I get all different tickets from different people. There's like all sorts of different season ticket holder levels now too. Like there's season ticket holder list season tickets where you're not quite season ticket holder, but you're higher up on the list. Cause you've got some like package or something. And I've seen that too. And when you consider the, even this week against the Padres, they've got uh, a, a grateful dead night. They've got a student night. And those are special tickets that if you want to get the Grateful Dead, and you know how deadheads are, they'll buy anything that has that skull on it. And the oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not so, a deadhead, but I know. So, so now you're going to pay $40 for a ticket that should be eight, and you're going to get this hat. But then the Cubs get their 40 bucks. They gave you a $5 hat, but they know you want it. So, like, these are the advantages that they're taking. They've run the numbers, and they don't really care about you know, as Lee Elio would, would call us the, the nickel dime so-and-sos that come here every day, the dumb 15%. And, um, you know, they, they want a higher income crowd. They will do that at the extent of less of a crowd. They will only sell you beer for $14. They, you know, every all those other ship has sailed. They've figured it out, you know, how much money they can make. And, hey, you know, you can hire less staff if you got less of a crowd. Like, oh, they're good with 20,000 people paying this much as opposed to 40,000 people paying that much is what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, they have know. totally maximized profit. Did I you walk by the ballpark yesterday? Because one of the things I noticed as I was walking by on Sunday as the Cubs were just trying to get, like, coming home from an, after an 18 to 4, 18 to 4 drubbing embarrassment by the Yankees, the Cubs are hosting an event welcoming the James Beard Foundation to Wrigley Field. And I was just like, you know what? I love fine food and fancy sh- as fancy stuff. Ooh, I might have to bleep that out. That's like a first in the history of Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm going to have to bleep myself. Fancy stuff as much as the next person. I want a baseball team that can win. I do not want James Beard events at Wrigley Field. We are actually a little over time with this un- unanticipated ramp, but that's okay. I think that this is the mood that the entire fan base is in. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. I am going to make sure that I leap myself from that last comment. And on the flip side, we're going to talk about that 18 to four drubbing at the hands of the Yankees and preview four games against another great team, the Padres who are headed to Wrigley field. But first a quick break. All right, we're back, Danny. I noticed the same thing that you did regarding the special ticket deals. I mean, it's not enough that they can't even give like more than 10,000 bobbleheads so that kids don't have to wait in line for five hours to get a bobblehead. Now they want you to spend, they want you to have to spend a full price for their overpriced ticket so that you get your pride hat or whatever it is that you wanted. And look, I want that pride hat. So I bought that ticket, but that is an utterly ridiculous thing to do when your product on the field is frankly awful. Uh, so 
you know, we talked about the Swarmer game a little bit. He's coming back out this week. I'm sure he'll be fine. What happened Sunday? Sunday's game against the Yankees is one of the worst drubbings I've ever seen of the Chicago Cubs. Well, Matt Carpenter happened is what he happened. A freaking game with Matt Carpenter is dumb, terrible salsa. I mean, this is just uh, how embarrassing. Um, you know, uh, Keegan Thompson's second bad start in a row. Uh, I fear that that's a trajectory I don't like to see. Um, Hap homered. It, wouldn't, it was, it was like, <laughs> It was a double away from the cycle, except yeah. for the Cubs. <laughs> it couldn't uh, get, I mean, he was due up next and they couldn't even get him up. So, I mean, that happened to Christopher, Christopher Morrell's on base streak ended in game two here at 22. And that happened to him too. He was like two batters away to come up one more time, just maybe to see if he could continue his on base streak. And I'm like, nope, can't even do that. Can't get the, can't get the bat to Christopher Morrell to see if he can continue his on base streak. Can't get the bat to Ian Happ to see if he can hit for the cycle. I mean, it was really just, I, there, I have very few good things to say about any of this series. <laughs> well, I mean, and my, oh man, my, first of all, my sister and her wife were at this game and you know, I think they stuck it out. till at least, cause they did send me video of them singing, take me out to the ball game. So that's pretty, I mean, if you left after that, no, <laughs> I mean, no complaints from me. Cubs are not coming back in this game. Um, at that point, um, maybe if you want to see some Frank Schwindel Ephus pitches, it's worth the the uh, the cost of admission. I think it, I think I saw some kind of stat cast about his 35 mile per hour Ephus pitch was hit for a home run and was the slowest pitch like ever hit for a home run or was it just in the this stat year? Ca- no, in the stat cast era. So we we don't know what has happened prior to like 2015. But since the StatCast era, Frank Schwindel now holds that honor. Congrats, Frank. Well, yeah, not a fan of the too many Frank Schwindel appearances for my taste recently. These are not competitive baseball games. And it's, you know, how God love the fans who just even have it in the background. And then I had somebody say the other day to me, um, hey, you know, I still got Pat Hughes on. We're losing 18 to, to four. I'm still, this is my soundtrack of summer. I love listening to this on the radio. This is what I do. I'm not going to let an 18 to four drubbing ruin my, my soundtrack of summer. I enjoy it, but it is just kind of, man, we crashed hard as Cub fans. We just, we crashed down to earth really badly and it's, I don't know, man. It's like almost like we have to go through some kind of grieving process about this team at this point. It's like, what has happened? It's like everything fell apart. It felt like grieving to me last year. And admittedly, um, people know this if you listen to the show, so I I won't get too far into it. But I I had a couple of really big losses last year. And so I was in the grieving process anyway as the trade deadline happened. And and that was why it it was so close to me when when I felt it. I was like, oh my God, this is grief. Like I am feeling grief over this Cubs team in a way, you know, obviously not in the same way as the earlier losses that I had suffered that year, but that is what it is. It is, we have, you know, it's something we love that no longer exists in the way that we had it. And there is no guarantee or promise that it is coming back. And in fact, if you look at it right now, I wouldn't bet that it is. I mean, there's, Al's got a poll up on this article at BCB asking if the Cubs should trade Wilson Contreras. 78% of the fans out of 300 so far who have answered that poll say, no, he should not be traded. 
and 88% of the fans out of the 280 who have voted on the second part of the poll think he will be traded. We have no faith in this front office. We have no faith in this ownership group. We have no faith that they will do things to win baseball games. And frankly, that's tough after being told, after being sold on the Ricketts ownership group as the group that was going to put a team on the field that could win. We're going to compete every year like the Yankees. Well, we're, we just played the Yankees. Yeah, we saw How did what that happened. work out? How did that work out? It didn't. And no, and the cup fans should be pissed. I mean, it's, and especially for the prices that they're charging. It is the most expensive fan experience in baseball people. That is what yeah. you pay to go to Wrigley Field. Yeah, and uh, and getting back to the StubHub conversation, all of the different ticket resellers that I looked through, the most expensive ticket you can buy of them all is from the Cubs themselves. So they're not fooling around. If you want a season ticket holder, you are likely paying more for your ticket than it is worth on the open market. And so if they're doing that and they're taking advantage in that way, I mean, they're making money hand over fist. We've been in there. It is still pretty packed. It is still really fun to go to Wrigley Field. It is a historic ballpark. It is a federal landmark and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's not fun to lose this much. And we saw 2012. I mean, I was there in 2012. A guy, I rem- I got a picture of this guy, and I remember putting it up on Bleed Kobe Blue. Everybody had a good laugh. And he's literally reading a book at the baseball game. He has a book, and he's reading the book, and every time something maybe interesting happens, he looks up. And, like, you'd see people reading the newspaper just hanging out. It was probably the quietest place they could go. You know, they're like, I got to get rid of, away from the family. I'm going to want to be alone for a while. I'll go to the Cubs game. They were drawing anywhere between ten and 15,000 uh, a game to a hundred lost team. Well, that's what we're looking at again. This team could very well lose a hundred games, especially if Wilson Contreras is traded at any time this season or Ian Happ is traded or Kyle Hendricks is traded. Any of these guys go, this team just gets worse and worse and worse. So what am I supposed to do? Like I'm going to pay like $50 to sit in there and have a couple beers. No. I will very well be happy sitting on my porch, listening to Pat Hughes, the side of summer coming on and talking and complaining about it with you, Sarah. Like I'm fine with it being that way. I don't have to go down there and watch that crap. I already saw it in 2012. I've seen it. Yeah. Let's, let's drink cheap beer on your porch and listen to Pat Hughes. I I'm here yeah, for it. Like I am. There's there. no, you, you can come hang out in my little patio area. There's pool and stuff like we'll hang out there and, you know, enjoy the summer. Listen to Pat Hughes. I, I am not giving this team any more of my hard-earned money uh, at this point. It is, it is frankly ridiculous. Get it together. I, you know, that's that's enough of that Yankee series. I think it just highlighted for me, though, and and I and I imagine you and a lot of other fans too. My my AL team is the Red Sox. The Red Sox do this thing where they go like they're in first place, then they're in last place, then they're in first place, then they're in last place. But the Red Sox also have won like what four World Series since they broke their curse in 2003 they have managed to put winners on the field consistently uh back to back and and you you are okay with that one down year or two down years because you know that the team is going to be competitive again in a couple of seasons the Cubs have not demonstrated that they can do that and that is what we were promised so as fans I think that until we are given a team that demonstrates that they can be competitive three out of five years making it to the playoffs three out of five years they should probably stop charging us the most for the most expensive fan experience in baseball. That's yeah, all well, I have to and, say. And look at look at the Brewers. I mean, I'm just saying that you got to measure yourself by the other teams. I mean, you have to play them. That's the whole point of it. Sports, you measure by the other teams. 
they've made it. They've managed to get there. Now, then in a year when they look like, and and everybody wanted to crown them NL Central champions, and if their pitching didn't get hurt, they could very well be. You got the AARP tour running around St. Louis and the rest of the country. And then you, you're telling me that that's not a winnable division. This is a, this is a crap division. It's not good. It's the worst division in baseball, in my by opinion. By far. By far. And we saw what the Orioles could do to us. And they're a bad team in a great division. And they're not that bad. <laughs> yeah. So they hit rough. six home runs, too. So... Or something like that. It was a I lot think it of was home seven. runs. No, we might have hit a couple of the. I don't know. It was a lot of home runs. There were a lot yeah, they, of home runs on the East Coast. I want to know what baseballs they're getting on the East Coast and what they're doing with the humidors there because it seems to be different than what they're doing with them here. Hint, hint. Yeah. MLB, get your get your balls together there. Um, let's talk about this Padres series. Four games. The Padres are headed to Wrigley Field. Uh, probable pitchers are kind of all over the place. Lots of TBD if you go to MLB's page, but I've got the Roto Wire stuff here as well, so we can we can piece our piece our rotations together here tonight's uh matchup will be justin Steele against old friend you darvish who i miss god wouldn't his 3.6 era look great in the cubs rotation that doesn't exist right now um dr hendo and or mr kyle up against sean Manaya on tuesday tbd probably killian up against joe musgrove who is having an outstanding year um on wednesday and then matt swarmer and nick martinez in a battle of the sixth seventh guys in your rotation uh to wrap this thing up on thursday danny what do you see in these pitching matchups well i mean the padres are surging they're i think there's the half game out of first place uh, in a really tough division uh they're they're having the season they were supposed to have last year in some respects we did beat them in San Diego, if you take uh, that uh, with any kind of um, hope, but uh, they have one of the best starting rotations in baseball uh, with you, Darvish and Musgrove in there. And I think they got like top three ERA amongst their starters. Their bullpen is really good as well. Their starters take a lot of innings. They go deep into games. They're like the opposite. Our starters, basically they, they pitch, um, they pitch deep. They, I think they've taken uh, like the third most innings of any other squad in baseball. And, you know, I, Cubs got their work cut out for them. For them. Their top four guys, or even if we see their back four guys, <laughs> they far exceed the talent of our whatever four we're, we're going to put up there because it's not going to even be um, starters. I mean, I mean, Frank Schwindel might pitch. I mean, he only gave up one run in his last outing. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. One one run, just just that one home run. I mean, he's he's given up what like three home runs now. Poor Frank Schwindel, man. I yeah. I just cannot. I I, I feel bad because I put a poll out. I knew a position player would pitch yesterday, and I did not give Frank the tank the the love he deserved. I didn't think that he would be the guy on back to back occasions, but but he was. I, my money's on Jonathan VR Andrelton Simmons next. Let's let one of those guys mess around on the mound when the Cubs are down by more than six. Um, who will they be Who will they be pitching to? Now, one of the things that was kind of interesting to me as I dug through these hot hitter numbers that I look at each week, and as a reminder, I kind of look at five to five-ish weeks, about a month's worth of data to try to figure out um, how people have been doing recently. The Padres only have three guys who are qualified with a WRC plus over 110. You've got Jerks and Profar at 133 during that time period. Luke Voigt former Yankee at 118 and Manny Machado at 111. That does not seem like an overwhelming offense for them. They've been getting a lot of the wins they've gotten recently on their pitching. 
less so on their bats. I feel like the Cubs might be able to fix their bats over a four game set with the guys we've got going. But, but Danny, I don't know. Who knows? It could, it could work. Yeah. The Cubs actually lead the Padres in many offensive categories, except for runs scored. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to cry. Yeah. So yeah, they only got, have one player with an OPS over 800. So you're not going to, I mean, that's not, we got more than that, I think. Um, yeah, Manny Machado at 929 as, as having himself a year and um, batting pretty sure 23. Only, pretty sure the Cubs only have two, three, if you count PJ Higgins, who isn't really qualified. It's like, it's yeah. like Wilson Contreras, Christopher Morrell, and maybe PJ Higgins. <laughs> but for a team marching to last place, you know, because the Reds actually have been 500 since that absolutely horrible start. They've, uh, you know, since they went like, five and 30 or something. I'm sure the Cubs have a five and 30 stretch for them coming for them after the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, the baseball season is long. I, I, I do think that this team can, does like the Cubs, you know, they got, what's he among qualified above 800. I'm looking at right now, happen Contreras. So if those guys remain on the team somehow, uh, which nobody's predicting uh, well, for Contreras, at least, uh, you know, you could have a couple of stretches where you maybe win five games in a row or something like that. But because um, they've got that kind of offense that can kind of nickel and dime you to death. And if it's all working, then it'll all work. But yeah, it's it's not going to be enough to like do what the Padres are doing, which because you need the pitching and they have that starting pitching. They they're having the, as I said, they're having the year that we all thought they were going to have last year. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Now let's, let's get a little optimistic for a second. The Cubs offense has looked pretty good this last month. They have a lot of guys who have a WRC plus over 110. You've got Contreras leading the way with that WRC plus of 172. By the way, if you have not voted for Wilson Contreras to be the starting catcher at the all-star game, what are you waiting for? He deserves it. Clearly. And Ortega for DH. So go vote for Wilson Contreras, people. PJ Higgins is sitting at 171. That's the reason the Cubs are carrying three catchers right now. They're going to ride PJ Higgins' hot bat as long as humanly possible. He can play first base. He can do. He can do some other stuff. We'll we'll just keep PJ Higgins in the lineup. Ian Happ is at 143. Christopher Morel is at 135. Ortega is at 122. And Patrick Wisdom is at 116. He was not using the hockey puck bat at the end of that East Coast road trip, but I hope it's just because he ran out because he looks much better with the hockey puck bat. <laughs> So silly. Uh, PJ Higgins now with more at bats than Clint Frazier ever got. So <laughs> that's giving him a look anyway. Yeah. Baseball. <laughs> God. This sport is this sport is gonna be the death of me, Danny. I don't know. Like I, on by the numbers, you would think this Cubs team could score some runs against this Padres team, but who knows? Six it's game losing creek. Yeah, I mean, your best bet is to get into their bullpen, but even then, they can still do it to you because they're who's their closer? He's uh, uh, the guy, they, the kid they traded for, uh, Taylor like, Rogers. Yeah, yeah. 18, 18 saves already in a two eighty eight ERA, but he is zero and three, so he did manage to lose some games. So maybe we can yeah, get it's the run up to Rogers where you can kind of do some damage there, but who knows? I. I, I'm not optimistic. We'll, we'll see uh, if the Cubs manage to score some runs against old pal, you Darvish and, or, uh, you know, Joe Musgrove or Sean Mania, who are both having excellent seasons. You will certainly hear about it here on cup of cubby blue. In the meantime, where can people find you and your rants and conversations about the Cubs this week, Danny? 
Well, I think we're going to do one of those Twitter spaces on uh, Wednesday night after the ball game. We haven't totally set that in stone yet. So, but follow me on Twitter at Sunranto. And then we've been having really fun conversations uh, after the game when people are still in the mood to talk And, and anybody, it's like talk radio. So just come on and be heard and have a good conversation. And we just see where it goes and just, it's fun. So it's a great way to connect with other people. Yeah, I was not able to join the last Twitter spaces, but I will make a note to try to join y'all on Wednesday night because I don't have any plans. So that would be super fun. And I would love to hang out with some Cubs fans. And you know, what what was the word that you used? Cubs vetch? Uh, was that you or was that Cubs vetching? Else? Yeah, no, it was me. I, when did I say that? Cubs vetching. Come Cubs vetch with us. Yeah. Cubs vetch. Let's Cubs vetch in Twitter spaces, people. Uh, you can find me and all of my thoughts about what's going on with baseball these days at, at BCB underscore Sarah, including why I am so sad that we were, we were deprived of Joe Madden's Mohawk that he was going to unveil to the, to the angels to try to get them to start a winning streak right before he got fired. And so Joe Madden now doesn't have a job and he has a Mohawk. And and I I feel like that's sad. (laughs) That's sad for all of us. Joe, if you're listening to the show, which I doubt you are, but if you are, please, please send us a picture of your Mohawk. We would love to share that with the universe. Got got time on his hands, I guess, to be listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Joe's probably fine. He's probably in the in the van somewhere, desert vacation, you know, doing Joe Madden things, listening to the Grateful Dead. Who knows? Maybe he'll show up at Grateful Dead Night at Wrigley. If Joe Madden shows up at Grateful Dead Night at Wrigley, you know you'll hear about it here on At Cup of Cubby Blue. In the meantime, we're just going to cross our fingers and hope that this Cubs losing streak doesn't continue for very long because, frankly, neither of us can take it. Till next time. <laughs>